0: Sean Sewell with the podcast. I'm very excited to have my friend Tyler onto the show today. Tyler is the creator of the Kips Kinesiology Institute for Performance Specialist. I've had the great pleasure of learning from Tyler uh, for the MACE Movement Fundamentals course. And that was an eye opener. And he's a great coach, a great instructor, just a great person. So welcome to the show, Tyler. Thanks for Thank being you,
1: here. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Bye. Sean, for having me. I always enjoy talking with you, whether it's through social media
0: in podcasts or just whenever I see you. It's always great. I appreciate it, buddy. It it was fun. Like, you you know, when you meet somebody in the first few minutes, you know, right away, they're going to be a good person to work with. And you were definitely one of those people. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And also you turned me on to Facebook tacos. I didn't know that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, well, Tyler, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, You have a lot of background, a lot of really great things we're going to talk about. Uh, First off, uh, what got you into the health and fitness industry?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And it's in terms of what sparked it for me was probably injury. Um, when I was younger, I was active. And unfortunately, I was an adolescent that got injured quite a bit mm. when I was, let me think, in the seventh or eighth grade, I broke my hip, which is something wow. that generally you don't hear. Yeah. Um, I've broken both my ankles um, throughout my years of being an, a young athlete and i've had shoulder bursitis all this before graduating even high school so injury is what turned me on to how the body works then how does that go into strength training recovery Mm -hmm. and then performance and i was very fortunate that when i had my shoulder bursitis i think that was when i was in the ninth grade i went to a physical therapy office and the physical therapist there he enjoyed answering my questions. I've always been someone that asks questions because yeah. I want to learn how. I want to learn why. And the physical therapist there, he every, every time I asked a question, he would happily answer them and give great detail. It just wasn't just a nonchalant answer. Mm-hmm. So it was something that sparked even more interest. And he was very into strength training as well. And so after I graduated from high school, I was, I was actually one of those people that I didn't really know what I was going to do mm-hmm. right in my senior year. Um, I didn't really apply to schools knowing what I was going to do. Some were business, some were kinesiology. And for the first couple of years, I actually did business. And then I switched back. And during one of my internships that I did when I went back home was with um, this physical therapy office. And that was kind of my first hands-on, first job really in the industry was being a physical therapy aide. I started just being an intern. I went there and then they're like, well, we need some help during the summer. People are going to be taking vacation. Would you be interested? I was like, yeah, why not? And then after a bit of doing physical therapy um, as an aide, I was like, well, it's kind of slow for me. And so I started looking into uh, certifications. Like, how do you be a personal trainer? I'd always worked out with my buddies in a college, you know, almost. And that's what we did in college. We go to, mm-hmm. go to the gym during the summer, go to the gym, go to the beach, all that kind of good stuff. And so, When I got my first certification, uh, I don't know if I used it right off the bat, but then eventually I got my first personal training job and that was kind of what set things off. I was very fortunate to get a position at a facility that was, I'll say the state-of-the-art facility was Mm -hmm. an upper scale gym. I was one of, I think, 35 to 40 trainers. Wow, big facility. Very big facility. It's actually where the Clippers, um, the LA Clippers, used to practice. Okay. So it, you know, It's got two basketball gyms, two pools, wow. huge facility. Yeah. And so working there, it's kind of you're thrown into the deep end of the pool there. You're working with people that this is their full-time job. They're making a good living off of it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to adapt and learn very quickly how to be a personal trainer. It's not like working at a, a lower end gym, nothing against that. Each mm-hmm. one provides their own opportunities. But at this one, I really had to work fast and learn how to sell personal training, be a personal trainer. And to this day, I still talk with a lot of the personal trainers that I met there.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's really great. You got into this because you want to learn more about yourself and how the body works. And look how far you've taken it now. Now you're teaching people about this, how to become <laughs> trainers, how to be better at, at coaching. And, and it's, it's fantastic. What a, a beautiful organic um, growth there. Yeah. And I would even say
1: that that is part of um, part of me of how I got even to the education part. Um, It's crazy to say this, but the way that I got into education, fitness education and to be specific is that I answered a request for an internship and it was sent to I went to Cal State University, Long Beach, and it was sent to the department head and she blasted it out to everybody. And I was the only one that responded. And so I became an intern for a company called Nesta, and this was for maybe a year and a half before I graduated college. And it's just crazy to think that I was the only one that answered this internship request. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that it was a a bit of a drive from Long Beach to where their offices are, but that actually turned into a, a job after, and that set me on that path of creating fitness education.
0: That's so awesome. Oh, I love it! Um, what led you to the name of Kips? So,
1: I actually remember when it was created. Um, I remember who was at this dining room table with me, and really, it started with okay, what are the terms that we want to be a part of? What is different? Because when we looked at the different names that are out there, a lot of them are na- they start national, national exercise, mm-hmm. national sport, yeah. national. It's always national, national, national. So what is something else? What's a a, a good term that's being used right now that means the same thing? Mm -hmm. And so when I looked at degree offerings and even it was around the same time that I was actually looking at pursuing my master's degree. And so a very popular term at the time was kinesiology. And that's pretty much the standard term now. You don't really see exercise science or human movement anymore in terms of degree offerings. And so it's like, that's it kinesiology like that needs to be a part of it somehow and so then you start going through all the different terms that are in these names like so national strength and conditioning association Mm -hmm. so what's a different term for association and then you start putting it together like okay so there's institute and then and then finally you know okay what's in a sound good as an acronym what what else can we fit in there and so basically the pieces just came together
0: and so then we came with kinesiology institute for performance specialists boom boom oh i love it it's descriptive. It's accurate. Yeah. It's good. Copywriting. It's good. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. So, uh, you formed up Kips. What was yeah. your, uh, your goal with it? What was your, like, the first thing you wanted to create or what opportunity do you see in the market that you wanted to yeah. nail?
1: I'm I'll be honest with you. hundred percent honest that it took me about a year, year and a half to actually get there in terms yeah. of making a, uh, a goal that I was like, okay, that's it. Because so when I first started, I just finished working for two education companies that made traditional uh, education. You know, mm-hmm. they made the personal trainer, they make, you know, group exercise, they make uh, the very standard ones that you'll see across the board. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first thought, okay, I'm just going to make my own. That's always been my, um, my process in terms of, okay, I believe I can make this myself. I can do this myself. I know the procedures. I know how to do the marketing, the development. Okay, let's, let's make this happen. And so go, with Kips, that's what actually what I set out doing. My first couple of courses are very standard courses, mm-hmm. ones that you could see across the board, but then got to a point where I was like, okay, what's something different? I want to do something, something different. And so what I tell people now these days is that we have a spectrum of education in terms of we got the traditional ones. We have your NSEAs, your NASMs, your ACEs. On one end, then at the far end, you have, I'll say, and it's good that they do this. That it makes them different, is that you have on it, And I want to be right in the middle. Yeah. I want to create education that still has CEU approvals, that some will pursue accreditation, and some that can be on both ends of the spectrum. So I want to create something in the middle that's different, that when people are looking for education that's either live or online, we have those types of offerings. So that's really been the goal in terms of where we're going with the education and also what type of education you want to bring on board. Look at what's out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is being made popular right now? What is something that people want to learn more about?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I mean, you look at and nothing against the traditional ones. There has to be entry level education out there. There has to be mm-hmm. these more traditional ones. That's actually where all the money is right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of traditional corporate trainers that work in the big gyms. They really don't know about the stuff at the end of the spectrum, but there's so many more of them over here. So, I mean, there's a market for that yeah. and they do a good job at developing these courses. So with the Kips, we look at both of those ends and try to see what we can make that is still founded in research, still uh, d- follows a process that is evidence-based and really is something that can help people and hopefully
0: create the market at the same time. Oh, that's fantastic. And you know, I, I did, you know, take your foundations the steel mace training and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. That was my third mace course certification I had taken and I mm-hmm. still learned a lot there too. And you offer a personal training program, foundations, of club. I want might, to might take that one. Cause I, I have some Indian clubs in the other room and I want nice. to that. Yeah. They're, they've really helped out with my joints. I've I oh, found yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you get the kettlebell wellness coach group, exercise instructor, corrective strategies using the kettlebell speed and agility. Like, and it's great because there's like, there's NSCA accreditations, there's ISSA, there's mm-hmm. NASM. Yep. That's fantastic. That's legit. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> not just a crazy course to take, you know? So good for you, man. I'm sure it's not easy to get accredited approval to, to do those offerings. It's um,
1: I always want to talk about those things. And uh, whenever I work with a new contractor or when I'm working with someone to develop a, a new course um one of the first things i tell them is that was actually my first job that i had within fitness education when i worked at uh this first company i used to work for the first company i ever worked for was called nesta or it is called nesta and that was one of my first tasks i was in charge of the continuing education so i would apply for continuing education credits for with other agencies but then i also be the person that they contacted in order to get other courses approved wow so it is a leg up for me because i know yeah the, you know the process yeah <laughs> i know the process i know what to look for <laughs> yeah and so what might seem daunting to others and i always tell them just take a deep breath like i got it like i know it like yeah you want this agency i'll email them right now we get it done boom oh that's
0: so cool it, i respect the heck out of that that's that's great because you like you said you were on the other side of that <clears> so um that's really encouraging very encouraging well, so I respect that the time and effort you put into creating this professionally and everything I've, I've interacted with you, even on the podcast was the most professional podcast setup I've ever done. Like you had everything lined out, great structure, very professional, very quick to respond. And there's a lot of great takeaways for, um, fitness professionals and business professionals. They can learn from you and from Kipps. And, um, is there anything in the future you're looking forward to creating in the future?
1: Um, I have about let me think so over my you can't really see, I don't think you can see it on the camera but over it's over my right shoulder oh, let's see the whiteboard yeah yeah and there are actually the courses that are in development up there um, there's things that are there's also the podcast speakers that um, i gonna get on and all that kind of stuff so those there are about four courses that are in the pipeline right now that are at some stage in the development some of them are very we're just in that creating the outline stage. Some of them were in the testing phase in terms of making a, a lecture so that the instructor, so I work with instructors that some of them have no experience making mm-hmm. online education and some instructors do. So with one of them, we are actually doing a, a test lecture right now so that I can better show them here is what the outcome uh, outcome can look like because right. I can just give them course access and kind of show them. but. They might be, oh, well, how do I get to, get to there? Like the ones that I have done, or the the way that I see it, I, I don't know how to do them. Well, let me work with you. Let me show mm-hmm. you that that process. And so, with one of the instructors, we're in that phase. We're going to do a test lecture actually tomorrow, where cool. we do some recording and then um, recording online. So that I'm not yeah. actually meeting with them. <laughs> um, but uh, there's other ones that essentially I give them any tools that they need, and then they've provide me with a finished product just because they have that experience. So there's a, a variety of courses that are in the pipeline. Um, in terms of growth, you know, we're in the, the initial stages of looking at our offerings for potentially pursuing some accreditation, a higher ag- accreditation for our personal trainer program. That's one of our newer programs that uh, actually is an online proctored course. And when somebody might hear that, like, wait, what? Like online proctored, but yeah, the proctoring services these days are amazing. And when I actually spoke with somebody from one of the uh, agencies that helps companies get accredited and also does the proctoring services, this was one of their main people. This is one of their, v- uh, their VPs. He was telling me like, this might be actually the way of the future in terms of proctoring just because of the availability mm-hmm. uh, you can do online proctoring 24 seven. And he's like, honestly, it's cost saving for companies. I and mean, when you think about uh, getting an accredited certification, typically you have to go to a testing center yep. that is only open from nine to five and you <laughs> yeah. have to be there at a certain time because really they don't, you can't show up at five. You have to show up at three or something like that before yeah. three. And so the ability to do them online cost saving. You don't have, have these offices set up. You can yeah. just have these uh, proctors that are doing it online. And so um, when I was looking at online proctoring, That was, it was actually funny. The services that I was talking to, I talked to a variety of companies and a lot of them were trying to honestly convince me that it's, uh, that is valid. Like Mm -hmm. they were worried that I wouldn't think it's a valid procedure, but I told them all I was like, no, I already spoke with, you know, somebody that's high up in terms of one of the popular companies that people go to for testing services and you don't have to convince me. I already believe it's valid. Yeah. You're that's better. why I'm reaching out to you guys. Yeah, You don't have to go through that step. Let's just go through the protocol and yeah. how you guys uh, offer your services. And so it's very fascinating to me, um, you know, looking at the services that they offer and even the steps that these companies do for proctoring online. I mean, they, ha- they monitor your camera, they monitor your eyesight, they monitor your, your, your computer, making mm-hmm. sure that your tabs, you're not pulling anything up. It's very—I mean they monitor, the sound. There's so many different ways that they can ensure that you're not cheating on an exam. That it's, wow. it's really cool to see how how far we can advance as an I'm, industry.
0: I'm really glad you explained it because I was reading about that this morning. And I was like, "Wow, how amazing is this?" Because I've sat for NSCA and you know all the different alphabet soup such my name, yeah. and you have to sit there in the room and it's very structured and it's very confining, but also. Yeah. A lot of room for opportunity. How can that those per, people or, or person monitor all these people? Um, so yeah, the technology we have in place now definitely allows for more accountability. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's and hopefully it provides a
1: much easier way for personal trainers to enter the industry. Um, I'm one of the people that always say that the the personal training exam is just that first step into the industry. It's your entry level, yeah. uh, into the industry. So. If we can make that process, I don't want to say a little bit easier, but make the examination process because that's just the exam. Really yeah. what you Am I'm one of those people that believe that that's what you get gets you in, but what you do after is what helps build yourself as a personal trainer. What courses you take after, mm-hmm. what experience you get after. Those types of things will help get, you know, build that foundation a little bit more because in my opinion, in reality, people they just try to cram as much information as inside from these entry-level examinations? And how much do they really consume after? I don't think it's much, but that's just my opinion.
0: No, I'm with you on that. And, and you know, it's very true. I think it's easy for people to, um, what is a saying I learned from somebody I really respect? And it's, you know, you can write the song on paper, but can you play the song? You know, yeah. so the test is like, okay, great. You passed that. But what can you apply from the knowledge that you, you've sought out in the real world to help, and serve your clients
1: exactly and mm-hmm. that, that last part that's
0: that's the key part in my opinion
1: the yeah. the clients what are you doing what type of information are you consuming after
0: that's going to help your clients that is the end goal in my yes opinion. yeah <laughs> they're not paying you to uh learn about you know potassium and calcium and z lines and stuff they want to know how are you going <laughs> to help them with their squat pattern and feel good and play with their kids exactly yeah oh good for you tyler i love this stuff well, let's talk about you. What do you do for fun? <laughs> and I, I, I hope we get to the, the Highland game stuff. I want to learn more about that.
1: We will definitely get there because that's one of the normal things that I do. Um, so really, I'm a pretty simple guy in terms of what I do on a uh, normal basis. I'm pretty routine. I'm a routine guy uh, mm-hmm. in terms of what I do when I wake up, what I do throughout the day and whatnot. And, but like really, Things that I like to do is I like to watch movies. I watch mm-hmm. a lot a lot of movies and it's kind of funny. Uh, at the time that we're recording this, it's the coronavirus and so a lot of people are on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I've seen posts about if you've seen, you mean, know, I think it was like a hundred and like eighty something movies, like you you are obsessed or I forgot what the term is that they use, <laughs> but like 180. I haven't seen way more than that. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Um, but uh I my wife and I, we generally go see so a new movie at least one to three times a month uh we have yeah. a, a pass that we pay a monthly fee and we can go see a, a movie we, technically we'd see three movies a week we, i don't know if we ever seen three in a week yeah um but we like to go see new movies or we watch movies or for, you know from apple tv yes um we stay pretty up to date with that kind of stuff um of course living out in arizona we like to meet and you know have a good time with friends whenever that time time does come. Yes. Um, what else do we like to do? Oh, of course I'm a cat guy. So I have my cats. <laughs> there's technically a cat in my office right now. Thankfully she's asleep. I had to kick out the other ones. Oh, um, yeah. she's sneaky. <laughs> um, but, uh, I train, um, pretty frequently. And then of course there's my Highland games training when I do, um, at least
0: three to four times a week. That's impressive. I, I like following you on social media because you're hucking things very far. I have no <laughs> idea how you're doing it. It is impressive. So what what are the Highland games? Yeah.
1: So the Highland Games, um, the Highland Games Heavy Athletics are nine events that uh they're very it's a very traditional um competition. Uh you have to wear a kilt in order to compete. If you don't know what a wow. kilt is, maybe people say, you know, it's your skirt. Um, so you have to wear a kilt to compete. Uh, there's nine events, typically a having a light of each one. So you have the Scottish hammer, you have stones, uh, which are rocks. I'm going to take a step back. And so like the Scottish hammer, it's very similar to um, the wire hammer, which some people might see in the Olympics, but it's a PVC pipe and there's a weight at the end. With that one, there's a 16-pound and 22-pound uh, hammer that you throw with those stones. You have a 16-pound stone, and then you have a 22-pound stone that you throw. Then you have weight events which is essentially a chain, a handle, and a weight. With that one, you have a 28-pound. And for the weight class that I'm in, I'm obviously not a a very big guy. Um, I'm in a lightweight class. We throw a 42-pound weight uh, for distance. The bigger guys, the pros, and the the big dudes, they throw a 56-pound. And then after that, we have uh, three events that are the weight over bar, essentially just how it sounds. Uh, For us, we throw a 42-pound weight up in the air over a bar. And then we have the sheaf is the – one of my favorite ones, but it's uh, essentially, it's a bag of uh, used to be hay, but uh, really just twine in there these days. Um, and it's a 16 pound bag that you throw over a bar and you throw, do that with a pitchfork. So I have some pitchforks in my garage. <laughs> this um, is awesomely brutal. I, I love this. And then the last one that a lot of people like, and this is the one that mostly people know, is the caber toss, which is like the telephone pole flip yeah. that you
0: do. Wow. Thank you for explaining that because I'm watching you hook these hammers and things, and I'm like, "What is he doing?" I want to do that. That sounds like a lot of fun. And
1: surprising, there's a lot of competitions where you are in Colorado. A lot of there's a a big group out there, people that practice. Uh, I know a handful off the top of my head, and there I've competed in Colorado. One of my favorite games is actually out there up in uh, Estes Park. Oh, pretty, very pretty. Exactly, one of the best games I've been to. Just the scenery, being able to throw in that area while you're looking at there's a lake right there, then the mountains mm. surrounding, just beautiful, uh, yeah. just amazing.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you appreciate that area. That's one of my favorite areas to go. Uh, Rocky Mountain National Park is right there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've taken my avalanche education courses in that national park, and it's just beautiful. I would never imagine people would be in that area hucking <laughs> telephone poles and hammers. <laughs> That's great. What, what what brought you into that? Like, what got you stoked on that? Yeah. yeah so.
1: Um, If you're watching the, the video stream of this, you can see that I'm not Scottish. I'm actually half <laughs> Filipino. And <laughs> that's always one of the first questions I get. Yeah. Um, I'm not Scottish, but uh, there was a point in my life where I used to own a um, an outdoor boot camp. Uh, so for four years, I owned a boot camp. And uh, at that time period, there I had a participant that was also a friend. Uh, he became a friend um, that was Scottish. He was half Scottish. And this is the same story I tell every single time, so I got it down. So he was preparing for a competition, and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna stay after boot camp, and I'm gonna, you know, practice." So he's like, "Oh, you should stay, you should stay." And the first probably week or two, I was like, eh, "No, I'm just gonna go home." <laughs> and mm-hmm. eventually, I stayed after for maybe like ten minutes, and just I think he was doing the weight over bar with a kettlebell, just over a branch, a tree branch. And so I was like, "Okay, that's kind of cool." And Later on, he got me to meet up with him on a Saturday to go to go practice, and um, he had like makeshift implements that uh, he would practice with. And I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, and then he eventually convinced me to participate in my first competition. Uh, so I had to borrow a kilt from him. It was too big for me, so we had to like safety pin it to myself. Um, and then uh, in that time, I was in the novice class. So like when you first start off, And this is a a good way if if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, like it does sound kind of interesting. One, there are competitions in every major city and also in like these small towns. So if you think like, oh, you know, you might have to drive far. They are everywhere. Um, But then there's the novice class that if it's your first time, you can do the novice class for three times if you want to. You're just getting kind of used to it. You can literally just show up without having touched anything and do it. And so I did the novice class for three times, and I think maybe the highest, like I was like maybe fourth place. And after that, so I did three competitions, and I was just like, okay, I want to start winning. Like, yeah, I'm a pretty competitive person. And mm-hmm. so after that time, I just decided to, you know, switch up my training. I started, a, I bought a couple of the implements and I switched the way I trained. I wasn't doing, at the time, I did a lot more cardio. I ran. Um, I did a, a couple of those endurance run competitions and I do more, uh, hit or high intensity power training for myself. And so I switched up the way that I trained. I did more. I started to learn the Olympic lifts, weight training. And, you know, since then it's kind of been a, uh,
0: a fun ride. I'll say. That's really awesome. And it's approachable. I didn't know that it is that approachable. And, um, like you, I, I like training outside. And oh, yeah, I like hooking things and I've got plenty of kettlebells. I <laughs> don't mind hooking. So <laughs> I might look into this and hopefully listeners will as well.
1: Oh yeah. And the thing is, if you look any of this up or, you know, if you reach out to me, um, like if we finish this podcast, you're know, like, I, I actually do want to do it. I can in, honestly just message one person in Colorado and they will gladly, you know, invite you out. And that's the type of community it is. That's it's really great to see that the so community cool. it, it, all the time you see on these different uh, Facebook groups, I'm in X, Y, Z city. Is there anybody close that's throwing? And there's always at least, I'll say minimum, five people that respond and are willing to meet up or willing to you know meet up with somebody at their city or whatnot. And it's really great to see as a community because they all understand that it's a growing sport. Uh, it's very small, but it's growing. And yet people are always there willing to help out. And they might have you know makeshift implements or they might have one or two, but no matter what, they're like, okay, yeah, let's meet up and I'll, te- I'll show you some of the stuff that
0: I know. That's so encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. I, you know, I think it's so fascinating that there's so many unique groups like that in the world. Like behind me, you see these uh, snowboards are actually split boards, mm-hmm. right? So I help run a Facebook group and start off at maybe 16 people that just wanted to meet other people to go ski and snowboard outside. And now it's like just shy of 8,000 people. Wow. Yeah. And again, most people probably don't even know that's even out there. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool that you have access, and you're sharing that access to our listeners to to meet up with other people and go train outside. It's so cool. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and the a uh, part of it too is the the experience of the one the competition. It's it's motivation. I'm sure mm-hmm. that there's some type of motivational factor with doing the splitboard stuff and um, you know training for it. It gives me something to train for. I know that yeah. that's one of the things with working. With clients, if we're talking about personal training, is okay. What's your motivation? What's your intrinsic extrinsic motivation? Mm-hmm. What's gonna help you wake up and get you to make that first step or get in the gym? And so that's that's what it is for me. You know, yeah. I consistently get in the gym because you know I want to do well at the competitions. I enjoy being invited to the national championship. And I enjoy. Um, I haven't. I was joking with somebody recently that I haven't won in a while. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds great that. Yeah, I've been to the national championship uh, three years in a row, but I haven't won in a, a long time, but it's because I'm going against good competition these days. Oh, I bet. And what, like, doesn't stop me. I got to get in the <laughs> it's gym. It's still fun, right? Yeah, it's still fun. And it's again,
0: it's something to train for, something that makes you want to get in the gym. That's great. You know, and to the training part, you know, it, it's always important as a, as a coach or fitness professional or trainer to find out what it is that your person wants to accomplish, what they want exactly. to train for. And that's what you yeah. want to train for. And for me, it's getting up out of bed and being capable to handle life and hopefully go up the mountains and meet some new people and go see some scenery. Yeah, So that's exactly. cool. Those are motivations. So going through your courses, you have several great offerings. Um, the one that kind of intrigued me at the moment is the foundations of club training. Can you speak a little bit more about that one?
1: Yeah, and this is actually a good, I'll say, insight into how I've built KIPS as a business in terms of identifying instructors and then trying to build it in a way that's different than what's out there. Um, something that I've told people several times as several times before is that I can't market or be like I well, remember before I was talking about the spectrum of education, mm-hmm. I can't be like NAS, NASM or ACE or NSCA just because they have so much money to market. They have, they mm-hmm. can easily just run ads constantly. And that's what one of them does mm-hmm. in terms of you know getting the name out that they just constantly spending money on marketing, 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 marketing. And so what I do is identify um, you know, instructors that I feel like would be great to collaborate with, um, that I feel um can provide a service for personal trainers. And with this one, um, I got in touch with uh, someone by the name of Ian Vaughn um, on Instagram, he's Coach Vaughn. Um He provides content for individuals like fitness enthusiasts um, that are interested in kettlebell. He is a strong first um, trainer as well. oh great, I think he has a variety of those credentials as well. Um, he does steel mace, he does Indian clubs, he does steel clubs, he does stick mobility um he I'm trying to think of all the other kinds of things that he does, but he's somebody that he himself invests in education. Mm-hmm. he appreciates education he goes to courses. And he's also interested in giving back. So, you know, he's got eBooks, all that kind of stuff. So, um, taking us back to a business level, getting in touch with him, you know, taking that time to get to know him. These are things that him and I both did to make sure that we wanted to work together and we wanted to develop a a course together. And so if you, if you're listening to the podcast and you start researching him, you'll see that he's already got a big library of YouTube exercises. He's got, like I said, the ebook, he's putting out stuff on social media, and so he has those already, the qualities in terms of making content. And so he was one of those people that I, I didn't really have to uh, tweak anything in mm-hmm. terms of making a course with him. We talked about structure. We talked about um, the platform and all that kind of stuff and some goals that we wanted to put forth in it. But really he's one of those people that he provided me with a finished product. And really it's kind of just been um, since then it's just been easy. It's easy, somewhat easy to work with. Yeah. Um, and so with the club foundations, one, the, Again, we talked about those key items. We wanted to talk about Indian clubs, steel clubs. If you're talking about Indian clubs, I'm actually a firm believer in Indian clubs. Mm -hmm. Ever since I got turned on to them by, this is a way to connect all the different stories I've told today. The first gym I worked at, there was a trainer by the name of Jason Dolby. And he was, he kind of, he's always been into the, the unconventional stuff, Indian mm-hmm. clubs. Um, you know, the, what is it called? There was a gym in Wisconsin called, oh, I forgot what it's called. Like monkey gym stuff. Like the ab wheel with like the feet on it. He, like, mm-hmm. he introduced me to one of those. Um, he introduced me to so many different items and you know, he introduced me to the Indian clubs and I is connecting the Highland games into here with just those repetitive patterns of throwing um and being one side dominant and then with weight training and the type of load that you put on your your muscles your ligaments your joints uh, my i've always had um shoulder issues and so Mm -hmm. the hitting clubs are a great way for me to warm the joint up warm that shoulder uh, complex up and it's been something that i've always told people like it saved my shoulder um i knock on wood have not had have surgery on it yet but it's something that I really think it could be great for anybody. And when I used to do more personal training, um, I, I haven't done training in a while, but the that was one of the first things that I always introduced to clients. Like if you're working with golf athletes, mm-hmm. this is something that, um, you know, it, golf athletes in general, if you tell them if this is something that's going to help their shoulders, improve their swing, anything like that, they are they almost buy in right away. They're like, okay, yeah. where, where do I buy one? <laughs> and <laughs> with the ones that I'm, I'm thinking about right now, after I just showed them one session in a, just a war, a general warm-up, you know, the patterns were really, uh, not there yet, but yeah, they saw the benefit of working on it and incorporating it into their daily life. And they almost immediately went home and bought some off of Amazon. And so I really highly recommend those, those tools. If you're somebody, I'll say anybody in general, yeah. like I have a neighbor, a retired neighbor that, uh, I think he's 65. He loves to bowl. Uh, I like to bowl as well. That's uh, one of the things we connect on. And I tell him, you know, we I, we should really look at these for you for yourself, and if it, it can improve your bowling game. And you know, that was something that triggered in his head. Oh, bowling, being yeah. better at bowling. So that's uh, connecting
0: almost every single story I mentioned today. That was really good, <laughs> circle navigation there. Well, you know, and um, I like you mentioned. I picked up two sets of them um, off of I think Amazon and. I, I have done very basic stuff with them, but I've noticed it's definitely helped with uh, mobility in my, my wrist and my mm. elbows and my shoulders and allowed me to train at the level I need to train at with uh, with heavy kettlebells and all the yeah. fun stuff I do. So, you know, it's a, that's a cool course. You have a, the club training and um, yeah, that's a fair price for it too. So that's, that's really cool. Mm. Excellent. We covered a lot of stuff here um, and you have a podcast. It's really great. You have some great guests <laughs> on there. <laughs> and, um, oh, you're doing such good stuff. Uh, so I know the elephant in the room. I, is Arizona now under house stay right now? We actually just had
1: that. It's going today. into the uh, today at 5 p.m. So, <laughs> um, it's one of those things that it's, uh, it's been like tiptoed around and yeah. people have been, I'll say, generally good. I don't know how I feel about, the... Uh, you know, this is a very serious talk that I'm sure some people disagree. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've been a you know, stay at home kind of person mm-hmm. and I have left very few times. You know, I did go to the park once and I was very surprised to see how many people are out at the park. Yeah. Uh, Saying that I go to the park, I used to go to the park very regularly to practice and to so see even more people out there. You're just like, mm-hmm. okay, but I don't, I don't, I, I really haven't made up my mind on that, but uh, um, where I am in Arizona, I'm 5.00 PM, uh, today it's going on lockdown and for essential items. But, uh, um, you know, I've said to people that, uh, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of the items that I do throughout the week. It, so my schedule has been pretty normal. Yeah. Um, I don't, uh, sadly, I don't have the ability to go meet up with friends. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we used to do dinner parties and that kind of stuff. Uh, we don't, can't go to the movies. Um, but yep. in terms of, you know, working out, I have a, a home gym, um, mm-hmm. that I've assembled, uh, I can practice in my backyard. Um, so very fortunate to be able to do those normal things. And, um, you know, this is advice that I think you can go across for anybody is that in this time, you know, keeping your mental health is just as important as your physical health, you know, be mm-hmm. for some people, it might be tough staying indoors. So finding those activities that keep the brain active, and trying to keep a positive spin on things, I think that's yes. really one of the hardest things. It's the positive spin throughout these times, especially when hearing that this might be for or this is of a, you know for another month. You no, know, thinking, wow, another month. But at the same time, I think industries in general, and this is a, again, if you're listening, you're like, wow, he does put a positive spin on everything. Mm-hmm. But um,
0: <laughs>
1: the you look at the different industries out there, whether it's the restaurant industry, whether it's the movie business. Um, they're all trying to adapt right now and try to make services available. So we're seeing movies that are coming out, um, straight to, uh, you know, on demand, being able to purchase them right away where you're seeing movies come out earlier. You know, you're mm-hmm. seeing documentaries being pushed out earlier to provide these services one, because there's a need from the market is demanding them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to hopefully cope with the times that we're going through to keep people entertained and hopefully keep them sane. And yeah. you know, that is one of the things that, we talked about on uh, for the kips podcast was items to hopefully help out personal trainers group exercise instructors Mm -hmm. that are having to make that switch online i was very happy to see how many trainers group exercise instructors made that um that quick switch or that adapted quickly Mm -hmm. in order to set themselves up because uh, i sadly don't see many or i don't see much about uh, any positive things about gyms in terms Mm -hmm. of you know keeping them on board or keeping trainers on board. I I sadly hear, um, from, you know, friends or from, um, just industry stuff, you know, that they just laid off all their trainers. Um, and so so it's, uh, adapting quickly, trying to learn new items, I think
0: is such a key piece right now. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that, Tyler. And I, I really enjoyed talking about that yesterday. And, you know, you, I met you at one of the gyms I train out of, and you know, the owner, Marty, and he's a great person. And uh, we had to, we're about two weeks ahead of you on the lockdown stuff. And of course it was very uh, heartbreaking to not be able to go into the gym and see the people we care about face to face, but for the greater good, we closed down that gym. I closed down the gym inside my law firm. And that night I'm like, all right, we're going to invest in a better zoom account. (laughs) We're going to get some lighting and we're going to, you know, we're going to help these people because everybody's in this together and we can serve them and they have needs and even if they don't have any equipment in the home, they have their body weight. We can do yeah. a body weight. And then also as a business owner and as a fitness professional, there's a lot of resources out there. People like your organization has online courses you can take. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to Pat Rigsby and Pat Flynn and other professionals as well about making more content, more accessible. Yeah. Um, sometimes even deferring payment just to help people keep motivated, get the faculties working, yes. body working. And just stay motivated because it could be very easy. My, my my nightmare situation was, I I don't think it would ever happen to me, but I would just start watching Netflix nonstop and just, <laughs> 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 but luckily I get bored very easy. So that lasted like two hours. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of resources out there and your Kips is a great resource. So if the person is looking to uh, invest in their education, this is a pretty ideal time to do it. Yes. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm it's a pleasure. You're doing good stuff there.
1: With the you know the lockdown and also with this time, in terms of with you know fitness professionals, I also see it as a way to potentially add a, another element to their yes. business. Mm-hmm. If you you know thought about doing an ebook before, mm-hmm. or you wanted to you know potentially attract clients from the other side of the country, wherever that is, this could be that opportunity to take that time. Um, it might be hard to invest in some of these resources and we talked about that yesterday mm-hmm. on the kips podcast the gadgets and those items that could be really useful for creating high quality content mm-hmm. um, that's online but it's a time to really look at those items because you, once things do go back to normal you mm-hmm. could have an additional revenue revenue stream to help you get things going back quicker and absolutely you might be able to make higher quality quant, content to attract more clients
0: it's so true and you know this is a, it's a, it's a it's cash 22. I think it's very important to invest in proper equipment, education, because those, the return on those investments are evergreen. They're always going to give back. Might not be that, that same day, but it will be later on. Yeah. And a person who's putting out content that, you know, they put a lot of effort into for a good audio, good background, good content, clear communication. Yeah. It goes a lot longer. Like I put up a video yesterday and then we did our podcast and I, after the podcast, it was viewed 900 times. Wow. So, like, Whoa, okay. Because it was, it was worth, it was tangible. It's only three exercises and people shared it because it required no equipment and it had a dog yep. in it. I mean, yep. <laughs> all, the, all the criteria is right there. And again, it's not because I'm trying to uh, boast or brag about me. I'm just trying to serve people who can't be in front of us. Right. And yep. so this is a great opportunity for anybody who has this extra time at home to, Like you said, write an ebook. I've written a few ebooks. They're not Mm -hmm. that hard. Just have some coffee and sit down and get those thoughts out, you know? Yep. And then go back and edit. You can do it through Kindle direct publishing. I've done that a few times. You can create online courses. You can, you can create online libraries for YouTube. YouTube's free. People, I think I've talked to people like, I can't afford to do YouTube. Like it's, free. Yeah, it's free. (laughs) Upload it. You You can make it unlisted and you can send it to your clients and like, Hey, here's today's little, you know, workout, or here's some exercises to do with your your wife and your kids. Um, So many opportunities out there. And I think the ones who adapt quickly and positively and provide value and service are going to thrive. And then again, like you said, when everything does lighten up in a month or two, whatever, you'll have that additional Revenue stream, additional service, something you can provide people when you're not in their, in their presence. So you can yeah. take a vacation, you can be more present for your family or whatever it is, right? Exactly. So, yeah, a exactly. lot of tools right. here, a lot of opportunity. Exactly, and you know that's that's
1: part of the you know, the cycle of, of this industry. You know, there's ups and downs in it. Right now, this is a down, mm-hmm. um, but you got to get ready for be up and yeah. that ability to recover and you know hit the ground running once things do turn back I think that that is something that I hope a lot of trainers a lot of individuals in general you know mm-hmm. I just you know of course wish the the best for everybody in general and so you know I've been joking to myself about oh you know is everybody going to come out of this you know with their beach body I know you see like a lot of the memes about like everyone's just gonna you know just be <laughs> packing on right yeah. now but because they don't they can't go to the gym but I'm thinking like, oh, you know, everybody's going to you know, have their spring cleaning done. Everybody's going to have their beach bodies already ready because they yeah. got this extra time. But that's just the positive spin I put on it.
0: Oh, I love it. You know, <laughs> it's true. Like my wife and I, we, uh, even before the two weeks ago uh, lockdown for Colorado, we kind of took a few steps back, quite yeah. a few steps back. And we lined up projects. We've been doing projects. We have organized our, our home so many times in mm-hmm. ways. And there's always things to do, always. Yeah. And then we have a little porch out in front. So we go on the porch and... Uh, enjoy the sunshine and wave to neighbors from a distance and <laughs> there's a lot of fun to still have out there. And also what I found really helpful is like FaceTime chats with friends and family that you probably haven't reached out to in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure sometimes, Just oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll all get through this. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, how can people find you? Uh, kipsonline.org. Um, you've got a Instagram as well and all of the things.
1: Yep. So kipsonline.org is the web is website. Uh, probably by the time this comes out, it will be April and mm-hmm. seeing that tomorrow is the start of April. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we will be having actually a sale for the um, definitely for all of April. Um, a, a bigger one than normal to hopefully help out with trainers that are in that period that they you know, need to recertify. They can't go to courses. So mm-hmm. we will be having a sale during that time a rather large one. I got to, hammer out those final details on that today. Uh, so that will start on April 1st um, on Instagram. We got Kips underscore online that that's uh, the main account for myself. It's Tyler T Y L E R underscore Kips online. Uh, we have Twitter as well. Kips online, Facebook where all these things will be made available out there. Wonderful. Any of a podcast too? Very Kips good podcast. Yes. Uh, you can find that from our made website. It's on um you should scroll down or you can find it off the blog and it's the kips personal training application podcast you can find it on youtube spotify soundcloud and
0: itunes wonderful and i'll have links to all those in the show notes as well well tyler thank you for your time thank you for all the services we provide for us professionals out there and um, looking forward to chatting with you again very soon thank you sean take care